Hey, so, um, Brian, episode two. By the way, this is uh, the Advocacy <laughs> Podcast. That's who we are. Yeah. Uh, um, welcome to episode two. Yeah, it's a yeah. podcast about empowering fathers and giving insight into the male perspective. But first off, how was your holiday, Ryan, man? How was Christmas? Uh, Christmas was awesome, actually. It was really good. Um, you know, I picked up uh, my son on uh, Christmas Eve, so mm-hmm. we got to go to church and do that whole thing Christmas Eve. And, awesome. And then uh, open some presents Sunday morning, and then or sorry, Christmas morning. And then drove down to my parents' house and actually got to spend time with them. And uh, it was awesome. It was great. Did you guys yeah. hit the snow or? No, no. The snow missed us. We went down down to Clarkston. So, oh, okay, you know, yeah. kind of an armpit down there. So it doesn't really snow too much. But that makes sense. Um, no, my sister and brother-in-law came over with my nephews. And first time I'd seen them literally in a year. So awesome. it, was, it was awesome. Yeah, my, my folks were pretty ecstatic to have everybody in one roof. It was awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. So in my house... Um, I don't know, like four or five years ago, I, I realized that my kids, anything past three presents, and they're out. Yep. Like, they don't care. They're just opening and they're destroying yeah. boxes and on to the next thing. Like They don't even remember what yeah, they Yeah, it just takes the joy away from it. So, yeah. um, you know, I'm awful, man. I'm a bad gift giver. I'm horrible. <laughs> so, I was like, all right, $100 limit. We're going to do it at my house. Just make it easy, right? Anything once I go over, of course, I am. I'm sure. I'm a dad. I do that stuff, right? Yeah. But I can't, I can't hold on to the present and wrap it. I'm like, do you want it now? <laughs> Right, <laughs> totally. I mean, so I got you something cool. Do you want to wait and see? Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> so I'm like, oh hey, you know, we'll do this. So I literally everybody had the presents ahead of time, um, and then Saturday morning or Christmas morning was that Saturday? No, it was Friday. Friday. Yeah. So Christmas yeah. morning, dude, we just hung out, relaxed. We we watched a Christmas story because that's a classic. You have to watch on Christmas Day. Um, a few other things. We just hung out and had a good time. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, we try and take the gift out of it and make it more family time. You know, last year I did that. Um, it was actually kind of cool. I mean, my, my son was stoked about it, but ended up not coming to fruition. But um, did like an experience book. It was pretty cool. Like I made a bunch of like kind of like fake coupons. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he could use them every one. And like, you know, some I had like six or seven, like let's go get frozen yogurt. Um, you know, a couple that were like, let's go fishing. We can go from, like That's get a out and miss, miss a day of school coupon. It's pretty cool. Like he and you know, of course, he used that like right off the bat. But oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, and then there, there's another one. Like he's been wanting to go to the coast so bad, and uh, he's a, he's a freak about like ocean animals and ocean life. Mm-hmm. And so I had planned like I had gotten an Airbnb and everything over in Lincoln City, and uh, we were going to go over the coast this summer, and uh, COVID hit. So mm. didn't really get to do that yet. So he's still holding my feet to the fire on that one. And we plan on going eventually. It's just dude, I love going yeah. there. The Oregon Coast Aquarium is amazing. Yeah, totally. Newport amazing. was yeah, Newport's yep. awesome. I grew up like 30 minutes away when I was a kid. So, dude, I grew up in Portland. Yeah, I grew up in Salem. So, and and Wilsonville. I lived in Wilsonville for a couple years. That's awesome. So did I. What? Like, no joke. Yeah. Like, my (laughs) aunt was in there in Wilsonville forever. I mean, I I literally, so I I was born in a small little town with one flashing red light. Sure. um, Enterprise, Oregon. Oh, yeah. I know where that's at. You've heard of the shack? Been there many a time. Have you read the book? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, I mean, I grew up around the lake. So, when I watched and read the book, I was, dude, I was weeping. Yeah. We used to go to places. We used to go to Joseph every summer, like, right, literally the weekend right after school got out every year. Well, Iowa Lake's the place to be, man. It's awesome. awesome. I love it there. So, but we, I mean, I grew up there. I was born there. Um, I went to both schools. We mm-hmm. kind of flip flop between, you know, because it's seven miles apart. It's no big sure. deal. Yeah, um, man, I've got some crazy stories about you know almost almost dying on a, a wild horse, um, <laughs> floating the river in the tube. Well, it's not really a river; it's more of a creek, I guess. Um, well, you almost the dying there. You have the Willow River. I mean, well, yeah, yeah, and it kind of cuts through town a little bit. Yeah. Um, but there's some over there's some overhangs. So when we were kids, dude, we'd hop on inner tubes, and I was, I don't know, seven or eight. My mm-hmm. mom, you know, she was a DJ at the radio station. Um, so we're floating down the river, and, and there was I didn't realize there was a low-pass bridge. So I hit it. I couldn't swim. Fell underneath. You know, oh, kind of man. floated downstream a little bit. My brother saved me. Tossed a rope in. Wow. Crazy stuff, yeah. That's like movie stuff. And then I grew up on the coast. I mean, like, my mom loved going there. That's our favorite place to be. We actually, uh, there was property in Newport for a while. Okay. Like, it was really cool, yeah. Well, that's awesome. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean. Yeah, well, like I said, if you're joining us, we're learning stuff about each other, too. We worked together for a few years, but um, didn't really... Get to know. So this is kind of like building a friendship that you got to join along the journey. So yeah, have fun, hang out with us. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, um, I think let's jump into it. Uh, I know last episode we started getting into a little bit of what was going on in your relationship. Uh, we talked about um, kind of how you guys were before the marriage, and once you got married, everything just freaking yeah upside down. I mean, yeah. everything was different. Um, we kind of talked a little bit about how you you actually presented divorce papers. I want to dig into that too. Also, sure. 
And then um, obviously court is going to be a fun part of the well, not really court. <laughs> yeah, that the, the uh, custody the, trial part. Yeah, of it? the yeah, lead up yeah. to it, right? Yeah, that was so. Um, um, first, I want to kind of describe what narcissism is and gaslighting because people don't know that stuff. Yeah, um, you know, I could give you the the uh, actual medical. I mean, I know you have it in front of you too. Yeah, but, go for it. You know, like it's an exaggerated sense of self importance, um, and this applies to both males and females. I mean, we all experience narcissism to an extent. I think uh, in our day to day lives, whether it's uh, coworkers or bosses. Um, but also it can be your spouse and the, or your partner or even family members. I know if, I have friends that have gone through it where, you know, dad or mom, you know, exhibited this type of behavior. Um, so, you know, a narcissist is also somebody that has a sense of entitlement, requires constant and excessive admiration. They like to be made to feel very important. Um, you know, and I, I think we can pretty easily pick people out in pop culture um, that exhibit um, <laughs> or even in politics too. That's um, why we have yeah. Instagram yeah, yeah, and Snapchat yeah, exactly. and yeah. all these crazy things. But a big one I think that more people would recognize beyond that is the fact that most narcissists have zero empathy. No, they, they, yeah, they fake they the empathy, it. and it's not genuine. But they're always all about themselves. Yeah, like, and always. it's they'll do acts of service, and it's not about doing the selfless act. Mm-hmm. It's about making themselves feel better about being kind of a crappy human being look what i did for you yeah look what i did for you or look what i did for others man i how could i do this to you if i you know i'm so generous to other people and And a big i think a big key factor a lot of people even if you're not recognizing some of these traits i want you to think about anytime someone where you've had an issue right and you're having a discussion you're you're trying to be mindful and express your feelings or your thoughts whatever and the person always has to wind it back to them what about me Mm -hmm. what about whatever and so they they negate how you feel and and all those issues and pull it back onto them no matter how the conversation goes. Yeah. And the way that it got so easy to pick it out was it was something that I actually talked to my counselor about. It was like, and I was going through counseling at the time too, um, using I feel statements. Because they can't feel what you feel. Mm-hmm. And so when you state and you express, I feel like you don't respect me, you know, the respect is also subjective. So try to make it more tangible. I feel like, you know, in this relationship, it's very one sided because. I give this amount of time and I get this back or there's things like that. And when you, when you say I feel slighted or I feel unappreciated, I feel unloved. I feel like those can't be invalidated by the other party because they're your feelings and you can own them. However, a narcissist will turn it on you and say, well, you feel that way because you're crazy or, and that's, we'll get into gaslighting. Yeah. Yeah, We'll get into gaslighting, but They'll turn it on you, and it's like, well, you're feeling, and they'll invalidate those feelings, or they will validate their reaction to your feelings, and that gets dangerous as well because, well, I mean, you know, we can see it in some relationships, but it's if you're if you're like, say, we're you know in a friendship, and you feel like you're being ignored in a conversation, and and you would say, Ryan, I feel like you're ignoring me, and what I have to say that's not very important. Well, you know. Last week you didn't you didn't pay attention when I was talking about finances and da da da, da and then it's like and that's a narcissist yeah, that is narcissism <laughs> they're gonna flip that on you yeah exactly um, also a narcissist expects to be recognized as superior without even achievements to warrant it um, that one's pretty self explanatory I mean like I think you can kind of pick those out pretty easily this is the uh, they're they're always right yes I always have to be right no matter what now some people are always right like me yeah but of course. A whole time. No, it's a, I mean, so you're going to have people that have valid arguments and valid valid facts and whatever to back up anything, right? So sure. if you are talking to somebody that actually has those facts, that makes sense. But when you're talking to somebody that has zero facts or zero anything, and, and it's just them over-validating their feelings over your feelings, yeah, totally different story. Well, and then, you know, you get into the next one of like exaggerating in their achievements and talents. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people... I think that's really easy to pick out if you're more of an extrovert. That one shows up a lot more. Yep. Um, it's and I think that it's getting getting to know your partner. I think like during a courtship phase, like this stuff will show up. And I was totally flipping, like ignored it because you know you like your guy and you're like you're loyal. I'm just loyal to my. Well, partner, you don't you know? want to see it. Yeah, you don't want to see it, and like you don't want to hear it. And when you have other people telling you like, dude, that's not a healthy behavior, and. 
you're like, ah, oh, they're just going through a lot of stress right now. And you start to make excuses for them. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's, come on now. Like, well, I mean, so you've got that and then you've got the, um, there's different phases of love or phases of attraction, sure. right? So your first initial phase of attraction is strictly that, hey, physically, I'm attracted to you. And then you go, oh, wow, they're so sweet. They're amazing, right? And then this little nuance comes out and you're like, it's nothing. Yeah. You know, let's not even think about it. And it keeps progressing and progressing. Well, at some point, you have to either actively deny that they have these issues <laughs> or yeah. you address them, right? Yeah. And most people in a relationship, they don't want to cause drama. That issue. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. They really don't want to pull it out. So we're going to ignore it and, and just press on. Yeah. Well, by ignoring it, you're entitling them or allowing them, empowering them to continue that behavior because they go, oh, it's fine. They didn't say anything. Let me continue doing this. Yeah, and it's, you know, oh, I can get control. I, can. I think the, the biggest piece of this, too, then that's it, not listed is the idea of control in the relationship. If I can control my partner, my spouse, you know, I get my way. Mm-hmm. And if you get your way all the time, like, it, it turns into, like, it's a totally one-sided relationship, and you just start beating that other person up for absolutely everything. And it could be nothing, like... Yep. Think, I mean, colors on the wall, and you call that person an idiot because they don't appreciate the same colors as you. Like, I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's like if you go to church and you get in the argument over pews versus chairs, right? I mean, at the end of the day, like, does that really have a realm of, like, what the message is going to be said? Are they padded pews or are they wooden pews? <laughs> <laughs> but still, I mean, like, you, you can have these arguments. Yep. And if totally trivial things that don't really amount to much at the end goal... But it's just about the control portion, and that's 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 the really tough part about narcissism is because this doesn't go away. Like you don't, there's no magic pill saying here, don't be a narcissist. You can go to counseling for it. But and this isn't like people. Just so you guys understand, obviously we're not experts. We are no. not. We're not PhDs or medical professionals. We're dudes. We are your average Joes or above average Joes. Average. Mm. We're like the average Joes from Dodgeball. <laughs> I think we're slightly above average, but I wouldn't put us at like. Like mastery level. So yeah, so so th- this isn't like, oh hey, I don't want you driving my car, right? Yeah, it's this is way above and beyond. So remember this control aspect. So it's going to be things like, um, let's say, in theory, you do all the cooking and all the cleaning, right? But every once in a while, you have friends come over, so your spouse steps it up, mm-hmm. and now he or she is cooking and cleaning and acting like they do everything under the sun, and they're just, oh, oh life is so tough. Mm-hmm. But it's only a once, maybe once a month event. You might have a narcissist. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think that the, there's there's ways to pick it out day to day too. And obviously, we've been talking about a few of them. But um, you know, a really easy way is that the actions around other people, like you hit it on the head, don't match what you see every day. Mm-hmm. Like when the the <laughs> the fantasy spouse shows up. That's a good way to put it. That's a really good way to put it. The fan, yeah, well, like when you see your fantasy spouse show up and you're like, oh, okay. Well, look at the situation. What's going on? Is it in the public eye? Is there family around? Is there people that would have a say that might think differently? Like, you know, is there something that needs to be proved, like proven? Or is it just like they're doing it because? And if they're doing it just because, yeah, there's maybe more of a personality trait that that doesn't match up, then there is narcissism. But if it's only because like there's people around, like, let's be honest, come on. Like that's, uh, yep. That's like calling card of a narcissist. Um, you know, and then I would say the last part, there's another part to narcissism and, and it's being preoccupied with fantasies about success, power, brilliance, beauty, or the perfect mate. Um, mm. you know, are you ever compared to somebody else's spouse? Um, then this goes men, men, women. Oh, absolutely. And how many people do this? Oh, dude, like, look at social media, man. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and oh, well, he does this or she does that. I mean, look at look at those would, posts. They're they they're going on vacation. Why aren't we doing? Yeah. Like, why don't you take me places? Mm-hmm. Well, you're seeing the best of anybody on social media. Let's just be honest. Like, you don't get to see the dirty stuff. Yeah. And you never do. No, and that's why I hold it with a grain of salt. It's the uh, it's it's you also have the. Well, you promised me this 15 years ago. Yeah. Even though <laughs> even though. You can't possibly in your situation be able to do this yeah. without financial cr- crushing yourself financially, doing whatever. Well, you promised me this 15 years ago. Well, you know, the other part that I think comes down to is like the fantasy portion. I think we, if you're, if you're male, 
you'll see that from your counterpart more than you'd see it probably in guy. I mean, it exists in both sides, but I mean, it's like, Oh, well I want to sell our house, go buy, you know, our bed and breakfast out in the country and we can just do that and run that. Okay. Well, how are we going to pay for it? You know, it's like, or I want to, I want to open, you know, this, I want to go to Africa and, and sell books or give books to kids in Africa. Well, that's an awesome, admirable thing to do, but how is it financially feasible right now? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things are like covering for, you know, their own faults. And and I think that we run into that a lot that you would see, um, you know, well, I'm gonna, let's let's go downtown and let's go give go give to the needy and let's let's get them a bunch of food and stuff like that. And then we can kind of check off our good list for the rest of the year. Yeah. And but let's take pictures doing it. Let's make sure everybody knows that we did it. And uh, and then we can go from there. And like that, that type of stuff is, I mean. You can go in the Bible and it's like, don't let your left hand know what the right hand's doing. If you're going to give, like mm-hmm. we can go into that. Like if you're, I'm, I'm, I'm all, I'm generous. Like, and I don't want to brag. I'm not bragging like, Oh, look at me. I'm a generous person, but I love to be generous. I don't give a crap if anybody knows about it. Yeah. Because my heart is that I just want to help people. Like I love helping people and you know, I'm willing to make sacrifices of my own time, my own talents, my energy and whatever I've been given. I'm willing to sacrifice that stuff. If it means helping somebody else. Mm-hmm. That's just, God calls us to do. I mean, we've all, you know, everybody, we have this, uh, like, you know, with a Starbucks pay it forward thing where the guy in front of you pays for you. Yeah. And it feels great. And that's awesome. I mean, you know, for me, it's, I don't do this to impress nobody either. I really, it, it feels amazing, you know, but if I go to the movies and I've got extra cash, I'll be like, hey, put some people behind me. Yeah. Or I'll buy their tickets or whatever. And and I just do it. And my kids are like, what are you doing? And I'm like, good. Just who I am. I can't help it. I'm sorry. You don't know what that person's <laughs> going through, why mm-hmm. they're going to the movie. I mean, I've had times where, you know, there was a stretch that financially was like brutal. You know, when you're paying, you're dropping ungodly amounts of money on an attorney. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I had a good job, like, but don't have that great of a job to afford the $26,000 for the attorney plus the house plus the car plus everything else. Mm-hmm. I mean, like there's that would be a two income household. I've been fine. But guess what? I'm. It's just me and I'm still having to pay for that attorney. And so there was, there was months where it was tough and it was like, you know, my kid wanted something special for his birthday or whatever. And it's like after Christmas, it's just hard. Like you're pressed and like feel there's the guilt that's there too. And I remember one time we went to Red Robin and I was sitting there and I'm like, man, all right. Like I've got like, I mean, I'm waiting for the next paycheck in two weeks and I know when it's going to come and I had to pay all the bills off this one. And so it's like, you know, there's like 200 bucks in that account. We can sweat it out. Like I'll drop, you know, $35 on dinner and just kind of wait. It's time to go through the cabinets, man. We're going to eat everything inside. Yeah. I mean, the freezer gets, you start picking through the freezer, what's in there mm-hmm. and, and being smart about like what you make and, you know, prepping and stuff like that. But, um, I remember being at red Robin with my kid and, um, you know, it was like, I took a deep breath and the lady behind me, I could kind of feel her like kind of sigh. Mm-hmm. I could hear her. I was like, and I didn't really think much of it. And then they, you know, were talking to the waitress like really quietly. And I was like, and then it was my kid's birthday. So everybody came and like we sang to him and stuff. And um, they got up and left. And I'm sitting there and I come back and I'm like, I'm waiting for the bill and, and, and on the screen. And I, you know, poking the pay here thing on that little kiosk. There was nothing there. I was like, you know, and so I'm like, hey, you know, I'm here to pay. And she's like, no, that, that couple behind you paid for you and wished your kid a happy birthday. And they left 20 bucks. That's awesome. And I'm just like, <laughs> like you get moments like that where sometimes it's like where it means a ton. Mm-hmm. That's generosity, man. You don't, they didn't know my situation and what I was going through. They just knew that I was a single dad here with my kids celebrating his birthday and it was tough and they helped, man. And it was like that, that kind of stuff. It's like, it warms your heart and the warm and fuzzies, but they didn't, you know, they didn't have to do that. You know, that was my sacrifice. I was willing to go out and go, you well, know, and they, they didn't want your accolades. They didn't want no. you to, to be in your face. Be like, Oh, Praise us. Look what we did. Yeah. And they didn't take a picture of it or a selfie and put it on yeah. Facebook and share it with everybody. I was able to, you know, buy this person's dinner and gave him 20 extra bucks. Look at us. Like, mm-hmm. no, it was quietly done. They didn't, you know, they could have said happy birthday and everything. And they just kind of like left it alone. Yeah. And that was, that meant a ton. It was pretty awesome. So, I mean, and it was, so we're, there's tangents here, obviously, but with generosity, there's differences. There's, there's the quiet reserve generosity and there is the boisterous let's you know go give out coach shout to the needy shout out to the world let's take a family picture while we're doing it 
making sure everybody knows that how generous we are. Let's put it on Instagram, make sure everybody looks. And, and that's usually a narcissist. Yeah. Although, although we have an Instagram page, if you want to follow it, it's dadvocacy.podcast. So selfless, uh, very selfish plug for ourselves. Yep. Um, smash the like button. Smash that like button. Smash share it, it with your friends. Um, you've got somebody that wants to hear this story, share it with them. It's a... Uh, we're going to go through this and it's going to be an awesome journey, but we're going to have a lot of tangents. So we apologize. Um, <laughs> I'm really trying to, we're, we're really actually trying to stay on track, but it's so hard because every little bit, there's so much we can talk about. And yeah. I mean, we're two guys that like to talk. Yeah. We, uh, that's what we do for a living for the most part. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so I don't know about you, but when I get home, I don't want to talk work in any way, shape or form. Don't ask me if I sold anything or how my day was or whatever. Yeah. I, I'm an in insurance and so is Ryan. So, let me decompress for 20 minutes in yeah. dead silence. Like, just, just let, let's not talk. Don't, I don't want to talk on the phone. I don't want to touch internet. Nothing. Just I don't want to hear the TV even. I'm just like, it's yep. silence. I'm like, no. And don't ask us how it is. In a sales environment, it's tough. If, ladies, if you have any husbands out there that are in sales or anything, or even you're in sales, you probably know that when someone goes, hey, did you sell anything? It, it's like bringing the pressure of work back home. And <laughs> if you've had a great day. You feel awesome. Maybe you had four cancellations that day. It's yeah. like, here, let me put some lemon juice in that one. Mm-hmm. And if you've had, a, if you've had, <laughs> if you barely scraped by, maybe sold one or even had a donut for the day. It it really is. I mean, it's it's, yeah. it's awful. No, it so, sucks. Don't ask that question. I'm just gonna give you some advice. Friendly advice, sir. <laughs> um, nobody likes it. Yeah. So let's. We've talked about narcissism. We've given you some examples. I'm sure you probably think it in your head about all the people out there. If you've ever noticed anybody out there, one last example that posts on Instagram or Facebook and they're sitting next to you on their phone the entire time and they go, man, I have to repost this. I didn't get enough likes. Oh, That's a narcissist. Ugh. All right, so. Yeah, I think one one point to touch on that last portion too about the fantasy type stuff is when you bring realism into the picture and it doesn't look feasible, like, hey, like that's a great idea. Let's do that someday. No, we need to do it right now. Mm-hmm. Like, why aren't you ever, you never support my ideas. How come you never support what I want to do? Look at me. I'm, I'm, you're, you're, you have a job that you like to do. Why can't I have a, you know, selfless career that I want to do? Well, you know, how long do they want to do that for? Yeah. And, and that's that, that part, that's where the narcissism line starts to get drawn where you're like, Oh, now they're attacking what I do. And they were once supportive. And now there's resentment being built because I'm not supporting some fantasy. Yeah, that's a that's dangerous ground. And a narcissist, everything is theirs. Yes, everything yep. is theirs. Yep. And if if you are, if you have friends who give you things, they're upset because they didn't get that, mm-hmm. or they didn't whatever. And it's so, I'm sure you guys know. There, I mean, there's tons of them everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, I mean, and you could go into. I mean, I like. I'm an outgoing guy. I'm a, I'm an extrovert, mm-hmm. but I'm targeted. With my extrovert, I guess. Like, I, I don't know how that makes sense, but because um, I do like my moments of kind of reserve, being reserved. Um, you know, it's like I want to, I, I, I can go out, but I still don't mind being alone if I'm out. Mm-hmm. If that makes, I mean, it kind of makes oh, sense. Totally, but yeah. yeah. And so, um, you know, I got a surprise birthday party for my 30th. And while it was totally cool, I mean, there was like, you know, my whole family was there and stuff and everybody was happy and um, that was neat. At the same time, it was, it wasn't necessarily for me. Mm-hmm. And that's where like, that was the first sign for me that I was like, yeah, this isn't healthy because when started, when it wasn't like, how do you, I'm so glad you guys are enjoying yourselves and you're having fun. Like, I'm glad I put this together. And that was the other party saying that like, dude, that, that, that got scary. And I know that I'm sounding like we're bashing on somebody. And like, that's totally not our goal is to bash on people that aren't defending to defend themselves. We are talking about a pattern of behaviors and a pattern of thought um, that is incredibly unhealthy and it is dangerous to people. I mean, it will drive. I can't tell you how many people I know, including myself that had been driven into counseling or driven into, you know, talking to mental health professionals because they were told that they were crazy and they weren't. It was all your fault. Yeah, dude. I don't know how often I heard that. I mean, it's so crazy. And so I go into counseling thinking that I'm nuts. You know, that I'm like losing my mind and I'm having a midlife crisis at the age of 32. And that, you know, I'm, I'm the unreasonable one because I have emotions and I don't feel, you know, happy about things. And I'll just tell you, any emotion that you have is valid. 
because it's your emotion, right? I mean, it's your feeling. Anything you feel, you are entitled to feel. If you don't communicate it, that's on you. Like, and if the other party doesn't accept the communication, that's on them. But at least get it out there and get it off your chest. And do it in a manner that's constructive, that's going to be able to build a relationship. But do not hold on to things because you feel like you're going to upset the other person. I did that and I made that mistake and I'll wear that. But it's like you, you have to be able to share what's going on within you because it will eat you alive. It will just start to, it'll fester. And if you're a stuffer, like where you have feelings, and I'm that way too, and I'm getting better Most about it. Are. Yeah. Where you just like, whatever, it's not worth the fight. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna, maybe it is worth the fight. And it, and it doesn't have to be a fight. It can just be saying, hey, I feel like you're being kind of petty about this. Maybe that's not the most constructive the right way. Yeah, I wouldn't say not. like I wouldn't say that's the most constructive way of voicing it, but I would say, hey, guys, do you... guys, don't do that. Don't do that, guys. <laughs> but I'm being very blunt. Um, maybe that's why I'm still single. I don't know. Um... <laughs> the, the throw chocolate and run. No, but maybe it's like saying, well, you know, hey, I know that you feel that way, but don't. How do you think the other party would view this? I always like to my uh, so my my dad um, Dave. He's he's my my real father. Um, he taught me a long time ago, and, and I don't know why it stuck, but it did forever, that you need to see things three-dimensionally. There's your side, their side, and somebody on the outside. Yeah. And that's how I look at everything. So if I feel like I'm being um, too sensitive, I'll step back and go, how does this really look? Let's look at both sides. And not everybody has the ability to pull themselves away from something like that and to kind of cut off the emotion for it. Um, but it really has helped my entire life for the most part to go, okay, what's what's a third party looking in going? And usually it's you two are both dumb. And that's that's how it is. It's, it's wow, this is a stupid argument. This is stupid. You're probably both saying the same thing. Yeah. In two different ways. You know, I think that we, talk, we touched on it last week about, you know, love languages, mm-hmm. knowing what those look like. But uh, it's also, I actually had a great piece of advice. It was from... Um, one of our marriage counselors that we did, but um, he said, like, is it a 10 or a two? You know, what would you say in the scale of emergencies in your life in a household, what's a 10? And you're like, death, right? Immediate yep. death, emergency, loss of, potential loss of life, right? That's a 10. Okay, what, what's a two? You know, it's like, maybe it's some stuff sitting on the dining room table. You know, it's, 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 it's it, not as clean as it should be in here yeah. or it could be in here. Yeah. I, it's a better way to put it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it could just be something minimal, right? That mm-hmm. doesn't have to be addressed immediately for survival, but it's enough to be an annoyance, right? So is it an annoyance or is it life and death? And you have to be able to pick your arguments of like knowing when the tens show up and knowing when the twos show up. And if you treat twos like tens, you're going to have conflict all the flipping time. If you treat tens like twos, dude, you're yeah, I mean, it's the same. You're going to have the same problem. It's just on opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. And and that was very, very key. And, I, you know, the, the next piece was like my dad saying, like, you have to know what's important and you have to write it down. Like, you've got to know, like we talked about, like having a mission statement. And I know that Shane and I talked about this, too, like having a family mission statement. Like, you know what you stand for. You know what you are. You know what you're going to be. And you stand on it. Like, you as a family will continue to do this. And you can always address it at times and it's always going to be flexible. Like you can add things or delete things to, that match what you what you want within your family unit. But you have to know what's important and you have to treat those as being important. Mm-hmm. And if you start sliding some of those very important things and each person is going to bring important things to the table. When you start to slide those, that person's going to feel like they're not important, right? They're not a part of the plan. Well, where, where's my piece in this? So, I mean, a relationship has to be balanced in that manner, especially in a marriage or in a partnership. You've got to be able to, one, know what's important, what's not important. Two, know what's huge, like what's a problem, and what's just a minor inconvenience. Mm-hmm. And don't beat up the other person when they don't see it the same way as you. And you also, like you said, have to be three-dimensional, step back and go, well, maybe it's really not that big of a deal. I'm I'm probably the one blowing this out of proportion. I mean, my seven could be her too. Yeah. Right. And then, <laughs> yeah. that's the thing. So that that's why the stepping back part is really important to go, is this valuable? Yeah. Is it worth it? And and that's that's a big one. I mean, I'm not saying compromise on everything. I'm saying, is it valuable enough to cause whatever outcome could be? And if you choose to make that choice, yeah. Expect what's gonna happen. Yeah. All right, man. So let's let's go to gaslighting. <laughs> Yay. This is uh this is something <laughs> right? I mean exactly, yeah. So this is 
not everybody knows the term. And that's yeah. why I wanted to define these is because people have no idea what it means. But gaslighting is abuse. Oh, and people don't realize that. No, and, and it's, it's really, I think it, it's when we up talk there about physical. It, yeah. Oh, yeah. But when we talk about it, people are going to go, oh, wow, yes, I have experienced everyone's experiences. There's never been a time in your life when you have not experienced it before. Yeah. And I would say some gaslighting is, most would be on purpose, and some isn't. You know, because as a, as a person, as a, as a younger kid, if somebody falls down and scrapes your knee, you're like, oh, deal with it, whatever, right? You're, you're being too sensitive. That's, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, to me, that's middle road, right? Yeah. That's like a level of two on gaslighting. Everybody does it. Suck it up. Move on, right? <clears throat> um, Rub some dirt on it. <laughs> exactly. Walk yeah, it right? off. Yeah, I got you. But then, then there's the intentional, right? And that's, uh, the, yeah. that's the one where I'm going to take your memories and twist them or make you believe something that didn't happen by saying it did over and over and over. And don't you remember? Oh, oh gosh. No, you don't have a good memory. Remember that? Yeah. yeah that didn't like happen. No memory. way did that happen. You're being crazy. You're imagining yeah. things. Exactly. And so that's that's part of gaslighting. You're letting your emotions get the best of you. You need to knock that off. And I'm, I'm sure people have heard this, right? <laughs> so gaslighting, it's a form of physical or psychological abuse where a person or a group makes someone question their sanity. That's a big one also. <laughs> um, I think they've made movies about that, right? Perception of reality or memories, right? So they deny the facts. So if I was to say, Ryan... You did this, right? And Ryan is the one gaslighting me. He will go, no, I didn't. You're crazy. That never happened. Yeah. Right? And in my head, I'm going, I was there. I remember this, but he's maybe ins- I'm he's wrong. pretty seems pretty insistent that it didn't happen. And so, yep. you know, they, and then, so here's, here's the kicker to that. This is what it causes you to do when that other party does that, is that you shut off, right? Mm-hmm. You stop bringing it up. Well, okay, well, last time I brought up something, uh, it didn't happen. So if I bring it up this time again, you're probably going to say it didn't happen either. And then you start believing it, though. Yeah. And that's the worst part about gaslighting is that that when you start believing this stuff, you just become a shell of who you are. You're empty. You become a servant. Yeah. And you're empty and you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't really say anything because I'm not my own person. Yeah. And I don't remember this accurately because you're believing it now. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of things, there's ways that people do this. I mean, so they counter you, right, by you never remember things right um, or you have a bad memory. They, they trivialize your feelings also. Everybody has felt that every once in a while, right? And that, that's, to me, is more minor when you're a kid and stuff. But when you're older and you are cognitive of people around you and you're sympathetic or have empathy, right, then you start understanding more. So, so you don't go, you know, they're not going to belittle you, right? I'm not going to be like, oh, man, I knew you hurt your knee. Suck it up. I'm going to go, dude, I understand. That hurts. I've been there. Um, Man, I, I shaved the other day, right? So I shaved my, my upper lip, right? Because I was thinking, yeah, I'm just going to do this. Um, and my razor wasn't wasn't brand new. Mm. I'm assuming it, it's seen many, many, uh, many square feet of acreage. Um, <laughs> and so it cut the hell out of my face, right? And so I, I use this stuff called cell food. Um, I'm not plugging it, but I am. Um, and cell food, just, it's an amazing product that my mom and I grew up on and we've used forever. But you put it on like... A really big cut, and it doesn't hurt at all, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's like nothing, but it coagulates really fast, right? You put it on a minor cut, and it's like fire. Sure. Like lit on fire. So I was like, I'm going to toss them over my face and see what happens. <laughs> it, it, it was, it was. You pulled the Kevin McAllister? Oh, dude, yeah. It was, it was a, that Home Alone moment when you like realize, oh, it was awesome. So a, a, someone who's gaslighting is going to belittle or disregard other people's feelings. Um, it could happen in a minor way. And if it's minor ways, it's not always intentional. It's the bigger ways where no matter what you do, every single time they're on it, right? Yeah. Um, it's it's the, you're being too sensitive overreacting, right? And then there's denial. And that's what we talked about. Pretending events never, ever occurred. I never did that. That never happened. Now, you can say that with a smile on your face because you're being playful. That's totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, you gaslighters don't use that technique. I will find you. And yeah. No. If you start skills. using this against people, we will. Yeah. Rip your arms out. And the we words will. of my seventh grade social studies teacher: "I will rip your arms off and beat you with them." Totally. That's an awesome teacher. <laughs> she was hardcore. That's totally awesome. But yeah. So I mean, if you're playing with somebody, it's totally different because you know, hey, it's a joke. You you understand, them, sure. right? It's it's when they're serious. 
and they're adamant this never ever happened. Yeah, that's that's not good. Gaslight or they death. they ignore the truth, and it's it's painful because you know in your heart you're like, no, I know exactly what I went through. I know what mm-hmm. I felt, and they're telling me that that's not that didn't happen. So in that whole situation, when they're doing that. They're, they're going to take you. They're going to accuse you of being crazy, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to break your confidence down. And the only reason why is so they can control the situation. Mm-hmm. And then after that point, they're going to pull everybody away from you slowly Isolation. so you don't realize it. Yeah, yeah. they're going to isolate you. And that was, I think I touched on that you know, last week in our last episode of at, at points where when you look at things at the end, it's like the next thing you know is you're all alone. And all that is is for control. I mean, and, and you know, there's like subvert narcissists. It's like that's just kind of how they were conditioned. Maybe mm-hmm. they they were the child of a narcissist, um, or it was built in based on environment. Like when they go to college, and and it sounds bad. I'm not ragging on like Greek life, but I know that like what goes on in those houses, like that will feed into narcissism. I Absolutely. guarantee you. Yeah. And and so not every person that went through the Greek system is going to be a narcissist, but you were exposed to it just because that's built into the pecking order. Within the house, um, I think in the military you'd probably see it too. I mean, between uh, to an extent, yeah. I mean, ninety-five percent of all leadership in the military are narcissists. Oh, I'm sure. Ninety-five percent. I mean, because you have to submit to their way, and if you don't do it their way, it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the same thing at home, and 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 so I think there's this subvert stuff like where it is conditioning. Then there is the like that's just who, like I don't know the right term for it because I'm not a psychologist, but like it's very out in the open. Like just boisterous narcissism, and it's like, how much can I get away with? And it starts to be a game, and then that's freaking sick. Like when it becomes a game, you're like, how much can I can? How much control can I actually have? Mm -hmm. Like how much power can I actually get? And how much can I own a person? I mean, that is like it doesn't get any more demented in the in the scheme. I mean, like I literally put narcissism right there with like spousal, like physical spousal abuse. Oh, dude, narcissism, and and so a lot of people, it's um. It's NPD, which is Narcissistic Personality Disorder. Yeah, it's the become real term. Yeah, NPD <laughs> became yeah. a quick right. expert in this. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyone that has done it, and then you've got gaslighting, of course. So, if you are feeling confused and you're constantly second guessing yourself, you're probably around a narcissist. Unless you're alone, then you have better stop questioning yourself. Follow your gut. Right. Yeah, schizophrenia is a different animal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. If you find it difficult to make simple decisions. Boy. Oh my gosh. I mean, oh, think yeah. about it really, no, right? Yeah. No, that, that's, that's a big one. Um, like what, if you, if you're at the store and you're, you were told to go shopping and you're looking at the chicken on sale versus something else and you, you're thinking like, and let's take free range out of it or whatever. And it's just brand on brand. Yep. Right. And you're like, Oh, if I buy that, is she going to get mad or is he going to get mad? <laughs> or if you buy yourself a candy bar. <laughs> yeah. Right or coffee? Or say, oh my! Have you ever been yelled at for buying coffee? Oh my gosh! Right, and, and so, it, but this is real people. Like yeah. some people, it really is real. And, and I, I made a joke. There was another person that has a podcast, and like this is, it's it was meant to be a joke, but also it's like, man, that was pretty deep. Um, she was talking about you know your wife won't argue with you if you're cleaning. I'm mm-hmm. like, you've never been yelled at for cleaning wrong. But and it's I'm, true. But it's true. Yep. And like, I mean, I experienced it. And so, I mean, I meant it to be kind of funny. And then I'm like, oh, that got a lot deeper than I thought it was going to. Yeah. And I almost like had to like apologize. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like that stuff exists. That's the stuff we're talking about. But if you're feeling it, pump your brakes. That's you. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you're the person that's, that gets upset about that stuff. Yeah, exactly. So um, if you're, if somebody's asking you or frequently telling you that you're too sensitive. Yeah. That's a narcissist. Um, you're too emotional. Even if it's, if they're playing and it's hurting your feelings, let them know, Hey, you know, has that hurt my feelings? It's too much. Cause people need to know where the line is. I love to play in relationships, man. I sure. love it. If I'm not teasing you a little bit, you're probably not in my life or my heart. Yeah. And that's the truth. So if you can't handle it, I mean, I get it. But if I, if I go too far, cause sometimes we don't think about it. I don't know your entire life story. Right. So I might say something that's going to hurt you. Let me know. You know, I, I need no one to pull back. Yeah, and I think that some of it, if you've got unresolved drama, or not drama, but trauma, you know. Yeah, trauma is a better word. I don't know why my microphone just died. You just dove on me, but um, <laughs> sorry. That's all right. Uh, but yeah, if you've got unresolved trauma, I mean, I think it's pretty easy to see that. Um, 
that show up that like you're going to react in that manner because it touched a chord. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, that's where the self-reflection needs to come in. Like maybe like, maybe that, that, that hurt a lot worse than it should have because I've got some issues there. Yeah. Also the other party could be re- reacting that way because they're reacting out of their trauma. And I, you know, like I said, we're not mental health professionals by any stretch of the imagination. Like, go see a therapist. Go, yeah, go see a professional. But hang out with us too. Yeah, seriously. I mean, like, let's go grab a beer. Yeah, <laughs> like, let's. I mean, let's just talk it over. This. It's yeah. all good. Sometimes just getting it out is what matters, and that's why that, that's why we're doing this. We're just really all about. You're not alone. No, but I mean, we're we're two manly guys um, that have gone through a whole lot of stuff and seen a lot of stuff in life, um, a lot of crazy and. We're here just talking it out because people don't do this. Dudes especially, we don't do this. There's a cycle, and we've got to break it. And whether it's in relationships, whether it's in the mental health realm and ending that stigma, there is so much to this to unpack. I think that's where our heart is, is that we're just looking at creating and helping cultivate healthy people. Yeah. And and how can we make that happen in a constructive manner? This is the vehicle that we're using. All right, so I'm going to fly through the rest of these here for the most part. Sure. If you become withdrawn or unsociable, a lot of people out there, they're social cats, had a lot of fun, they got with a narcissist, and what happened? Disappear. They're gone. Where'd they go? Right? They don't answer phone calls, they don't answer texts, they're stuck at home. They don't, they don't have social media anymore. Like, yeah, if you had a friend that had, like, social media account was super active, and all of a sudden they're freaking gone, check in on them. Please yeah, do it. <laughs> absolutely. And if you're a veteran, um, check in on your veteran buddies every day. It yeah. doesn't matter. Send them a stupid thing. 22 a day, remember that. That's, that's close to my heart, so... That's a big deal there. Um, let's see here. So constantly apologizing to the abusive person. If you feel like you're you're doing something wrong all the time, all the time. Oh, I turned the channel. I'm sorry. Right? You just, you oh, feel you were guilty. watching that? You got up. I'm sorry. Yeah, you feel guilty or whatever. Um, if you're always feeling sorry, that's a good sign. Um, if you're defending that person, their behavior to your family, <sighs> you step back. I mean, seriously, no, like, this step is... back. This is how many people do this. I mean, really. And and the reason I, I groan is because I've been there, you know. Like, it's true. Yeah. No, I think we like, both. No, it's okay there. because this thing's happening. It's it's this is why. Start and making it's excuses. Always, it's like yeah. Stockholm syndrome. Mm-hmm. And literally, it is like that. This, if you are subject to narcissistic abuse, it is the equivalent of Stockholm syndrome. You yep. start to sympathize for your captor, and. Once you realize that, though, and you're like, man, like that is a freeing, freaking moment. Like, let's be real. Like, if you you went through that, too, I know. But, like, in my own life, like, that was a day of freedom. Holy cow. Well, you gotta, you, but you got to realize it. And the hard yeah. part is, is doing that. So even, yeah. even once you recognize it, then you've got to process it. That's the, the hard part. The dangerous part, too, is that I know of people that let the narcissist basically got tired. Right? They got They got what they wanted. And they leave. And that person doesn't find any healing. And that person is wrecked. And I mean, I've seen it because I see people that I know that have committed suicide. I see people that I know that have like alienated and gone into drug and alcohol abuse. Like I this personally know people that have gone through this that didn't seek the help and it has wrecked them. Mm-hmm. And that breaks my heart because this is something you can overcome. Like it's something that you can get through. It's a painful experience to like kind of break those bonds. There's trauma bonds there. Like we will bring on a mental health professional and talk about trauma bonds. So this yeah. will be an episode because there is stuff there that like can be unpacked that is hugely impactful for people. But when you start to break those bonds, there's the freedom with it, but also there's a lot of pain and a lot of messiness. You got to remember when you're going through that, that process, be around people. Yeah. Don't lock yourself in your home. Don't hide away. Don't don't give in to all that sadness. Okay, Unpack each little bit at a time so you can process it. Be around people that care about you and love you so you have that support. You have to have it. Yeah. Even if you're, even if you're out and about and you're quiet, just be out. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't lock yourself up and, and keep yourself captive. I think that's where we get as men, you know, let's be honest with guys for a second, like, we become captive of our own thoughts. Oh, yeah. And we become captive of societal ideals. Like, what, what does society, what would people think about me? You if know, I was If I was found emotional. out, yeah, if I was emotional, what would people think? They'd be weak? Mm-hmm. You know, would that be, I'm sorry, but showing emotion is probably one of the strongest things you can do. You know, yeah. like, be tenderhearted to your kids. That's, dude, that's strength. Like, 
we need to end this crap of like looking at things through a I don't know what you, a brown bottle lens. I don't know how it's not rose colored glasses, but no. we need we need to end the ideals that like you've got to look a certain way and act a certain way in order to be a man. Otherwise, you're going to quote unquote have your man card revoked. Like that's stupid. Like what we're killing ourselves because of this. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it needs to be a conversation one that takes place, but two it takes place in community, and. Yeah, I mean it's 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 something that's very dangerous, and this topic that we're t- the reason we're bringing it up today is because a lot of what we're going to touch in the future is a deviation of this, it, like it, a derivative of this. It, it yeah. comes out of of experiencing this stuff. So the last part is here: if you feel hopeless, joyless, worthless, or incompetent, <laughs> if you're in a relationship and that's how you feel when that person wakes up, leave. <laughs> yeah. Leave. Yeah. No. Seriously. I mean, I'm. I'm. Lo- I know people right now that I've had this conversation with mm-hmm. in the last like three weeks. Oh, it's crazy, right? And yeah. so many people do it because they feel like there's nothing better. Because you are. It's what's best for the kids. I'm just gonna stay. It's mm-hmm. easier for the kids if I stick around. You know what? Kids want to see mom be happy too. Well, kids need a good example yeah. of a relationship. So if you stay in that relationship. You're subjecting you your kids to the same abuse. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and they're going to grow up and go after that same abuse. They're going to see it and go, even though I recognize it and it was bad, I can't help but emulate this. Well, and that's what I meant about conditioning, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're just perpetuating the cycle. So, I mean, that's a pretty deep little little section there. But that that is so in a household. I mean, it's going to kill your kids, too. Yeah. Like it's just yeah, it's it, it'll break them down absolutely. Kids and kids see and feel a lot more than you guys think, and that's the whole issue. Absolutely. Is that if, we, if we're going to raise better people, if we're going to have a better generations, we have to stop or start breaking the cycle. Absolutely. All right, Ryan. So let's get back to you. Sure. Um, so last we talked, um, we you had your story, you had all that stuff, you had proposed wedding things went upside down. Do you have any more examples of early warning signs? That we didn't maybe talk about just now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I don't know if I brought it up. I, I can't remember if I meant touched on it, but, like, the pressured night where I remember sitting in my, my uh, duplex, and um, it was like I felt like I had to propose right then and there, and if I didn't, I didn't love her. Mm-hmm. This is, we were still in the dating phase. Like, we were, like, I don't know, month nine, month ten, somewhere in there. And, like, literally, like, I had this like tug pull like within my heart like well maybe I should just end it right here because the I this isn't comfortable and this isn't love like I can't be beaten into love and I can't be beaten into commitment and let me let me just pause you on that but keep that thought sure how many people out there right now do you think feel that way that they that they so I'll be real my first marriage I felt like it was the right thing to do she I had lost my virginity to her um, I cared for her deeply. I, I don't know if, I mean, I was 18, man. I don't know if I knew what love was, you know? Sure. And love is an action, people. It's not the farty feelings you feel in your stomach after you eat too many beans. It is literally an action. If I choose to love you, I'm going to choose to love you forever because I can't stop that now. I yeah. made that choice. No, I got you. It's to dig, through all that, to, to dig through all the garbage and go, you know what, no matter what's happening, I'm going to love you, um, which is why I take forever to say it because I've got to be real. Yeah. So... How many people out there right now do you think are actually feeling that I have to say I love you or I have to get married or she wants me to propose to her and that's the only way. I have way. to stay because, yeah. I mean, I've said that I love this person so I can't leave because I've already said that. Mm-hmm. So, And now I'm done. Yeah, like, so am I quitter, you know? I mean, like, well, I'll tell you what love is. I mean, love is, obviously, you can take the biblical aspect of it of being patient. It's kind. It's not self-serving. It's, you know, all of those things, right? Love isn't manipulative. Love isn't like beating that person down into a place of submission. Love isn't making that person feel like they don't have any worth outside of that relationship. There, I mean, like you want to talk about a powerful statement. It's easier, like it's super easy to define what love is. Mm-hmm. But man, defining what love isn't. Oh yeah, that's a challenge. <laughs> but there's. It, yeah, but there's so much also, and it, it's all encompassing. So here's here's the crazy part. I mean, so are you a fan of early marriage when you're young, or because because you're more you're more in that puppy love phase, right? You're not in that agape phase. You're in, you're in puppy love, and if you don't know what agape is, A G A P E, it means godlike love, where yeah. it's it's I'm going to love you no matter what. 
There's Eros, which is the, yeah. the Eros more, is the erotic, the, the erotic puppy, yep. goofy, make you do stupid things, and, and that's that's what most people feel, and that's what they want all the time, which yeah. isn't which isn't is just real. a release of endorphins in your mm-hmm. brain, and, and that's, that's it. Yeah. Go eat some chocolate. Um, not so much you break up, but eat chocolate. You yeah. got the same thing. It's it's a struggle. Um, when man, I'm going to say it's probably even higher than this. I would say at least eighty percent of the people out there don't know who they are, and they don't. They they're a person, but they don't really know who they are inside. Sure. And so they don't actually value or love themselves yet. I, until I learned how to value myself, and until I learned how to love who I actually was, no matter what anybody said, no matter whatever, right? Because, you know, people tease me. I think it's fun. I know that's their way of, of being on the same page with me, right? And some people maybe are trying to be hurtful. I don't care because I love myself. That means I can love somebody else better. Yeah. If I can truly love myself for who I am, then I can look at them and go, you know what? Beyond all your faults, beyond whatever, I love this person. Yeah, and I think that it comes down to, you know, like, I don't know how many times you asked yourself this, like, am I ready? Like, that's the right thing to do, but am I mm-hmm. ready to be married to this person? Yeah. And. Man, if you're not, take your time. Yeah, exactly. It's okay. It's okay to have you, that feeling. Yeah. you. I mean, date forever. Like I said, it takes me two or three years to say I love you. That's, that's a long freaking time. That's a long freaking time. I mean, man. think about it, yeah, right? That's, that's, a, long that's time. a long time. But the reality is, is that I don't want to say it and question it. In my mind. Yeah. And you've probably been there. Do I really mean it? Sure. Am I just saying this because they said it? Yeah. Like, or am it, I saying it because like it's in the throes of passion? Am I saying it? Yeah. I mean, like there's, and then sometimes yeah, I, I want to say it and I'm like, no, <laughs> don't say that's it. You, that's probably the worst thing you could do is like stepping on a landmine. But mm-hmm. you know, I think when you go into this arena of, of love, like am I, or even pre- preparation for marriage, like does that person bring to the table things that, not make life easier for you, but makes life better. Yep. Like is is the the is the inherent character of that person making you better, a better version of yourself, and are you bringing things to the table that make you a better person for that person? Yep. Like and and that's that's a really deep and broad stroke statement that also kind of sounds pseudo cliche, but it's. That's what marriage is. Like you, it's a partnership and you have to be able to have the selflessness when you enter into that relationship that your goal isn't what's in it for me. It's what's in it for them. I'm going to make their life better. I'm going to make them a better version of themselves. I'm not going to control them into being what I think a better version of themselves is. I'm going to empower them to bring out the best parts of themselves and cultivate those things. And so it grows into something better. Mm -hmm. And I probably just like went super deep and <laughs> no, I mean, no, it, it, we but yeah, should be it's, lifting it, each other up. Absolutely. I should be able to lift you and you should lift me. And I think it's the now, same in a friendship too. But I the mean, big one too yeah. though is that I'm not here to make you happy. No, that's not my job. It's your job to be happy yourself. Yes. It's so, so I, I'm not going to feel guilty if I'm happy and you're not, I'm sorry, but we're two different people still. Yeah. What, what woes you doesn't always going to woe me. Right. If you're feeling hurt by something and I, I'm like, Oh, that's no big deal. That's because you're two different people. It's totally okay. You are not reliant on them and they're not reliant on you. Yeah. And I look at, you know, I've had some great examples of like, of marriages around me. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, my, look at my folks. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, my dad, very, very wise individual. Like, he's, he's learned a lot and he's experienced a lot and has helped a ton of people. My mom, I don't think she realizes how much she's helped people by supporting my dad. And I know that there's people out there that look at my dad and they're like, that's because of her. And uh, so I know that that exists. And that's a really mm-hmm. awesome thing to grow up around. And I'm incredibly blessed and lucky to be near that. But I, I've, I, can, I know that that exists in one area, so it can exist others. And I, I've seen it in other people and other friends and everything where you, you see them and you're like, man, that's just, they're equally yoked. And by equally yoked, it doesn't mean like you're doing everything 50-50. No, equally yoked means they're both given 100%. But the other person, if that one thing is like low in a little area, you can drive a little bit harder to bring that person with them. And, and so, two oxen and a yoke. Exactly. And so it's if, if, if the, you know, maybe somebody has trouble going up a hill, well, the other person's got stronger legs, they're going to, you know, or mm-hmm. if somebody needs encouragement and that big strong ox feeling a little down, well, that other person, hey, let's just keep pushing on. Let's just keep yep. going. Let's go through this. And it's, you're not alone. And that exists in a relationship. So if you're not feeling that because that other person's telling you you don't have that worth or you don't have that value or you don't bring that to the table or you're just an embarrassment, you know, you're lazy, you're whatever. I mean, you can exert, insert any adjective you want. 
in a negative connotation. You're not in a, in a, in a love-based relationship. You're in that selfish, one-way, narcissistic circle. It's that cycle yeah. of just, it's going to eat you alive. Okay, let's bring it back to what you were saying. I'm yeah. sorry. I know. No, you're fine. Tangent. We can't help it because I. They're, they're, we literally have to unpack these things, and that's the hardest part about this. Well, I think the story brings out these subjects, and I think that, yep. that that's the, the valuable part about this, too. So, early warning signs. Anything extra that we haven't talked about you're saying? Any other examples that you can give us? Um, other than, yeah, I mean, like that one. The, the isolation from family. You know, there was, that was a big part that, like, my friends weren't good enough to be around us and my family. There was inadequacies. It was, you know, very... <sighs> I don't know the right term because it was like you're just not allowed to be around them. Like, it's, they're not good enough, you know, for the relationship and they can't see how I'm treating you. That's the only way I can, I can look at it now is I wasn't allowed to be around them because they would see through what was happening to me and they would speak up about it. And that's the truth. Yeah. So if you're out there and you have somebody that, if you have family members that go, man, why do you let them do this? Think about it. Yeah. <laughs> take, actually take time and go, you're right. Because these people aren't in it to destroy a relationship. Nine times out of 10, you might have, you know, a, a crazy momster that might do that every once in a while, but really most people don't. Sure. Um, so, People, if you're out there, I mean, just just take a moment, unpack what we said, we talked about, think about it, and go from there. And if I'm going to add one last thing, I, I think we should actually say this almost every time, is that I want you to take a moment today and go throw some rocks. Yes, that's based on the last podcast, but really, um, I think that that's an amazing way to self-heal. I think this is a great the kind of winding down point yeah, right here, you, too. Dude, you totally nailed it. Take a moment today and go throw some rocks. Get out there, um, throw your woes into each piece, and toss that bad boy like nobody's business. Yeah, don't, don't wear yourself. it. Don't wear it. And that's, you know, the, the biggest thing about about freeing yourself from a narcissistic relationship is understanding who you are. Define yourself, and don't define yourself in the eyes of that other person. Define yourself in how you are seen. If you're a person of faith, define yourself in how God sees you too. But define yourself in how your friends see you, how your family will see you, how your kids see you. Define and, and create a good, healthy definition for yourself. Yep. And anything that deviates from that, put it on that rock and you freaking throw that baby out in the lake. Like you so get rid of it. Speak life yes. into, your, into your world. Speak life into you. And whatever is not you, speak it onto that rock and just throw that mother as far as you can. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that, and that's the best way to do it. Yeah. So we're, we're all in this together. I think we're kind of finding our winding down spot in today's podcast in this episode. But... Um, if you, if you want to get online, you can reach out to us on Instagram at dadvocacy.podcast. That's D A D V A C Y D A D V O C A C Y. There you go. Thank you. Period or dot, depending on yes. what you like. Yeah. Podcast. P-O-D-C-A-S-T. That's right, Ryan. Uh, yeah, you can find us on there. Send us a message. If you want to reach out to one of us, um, and you want to either, you know, have a conversation, we can zoom. Go grab coffee. Go grab a drink. Whatever. Man, if, I mean, if you just, have a story, yeah, you think if, it needs to be on this podcast. If you know somebody that has a story that needs to be on here, because I mean, we're gonna once we're done unpacking Ryan for the most part, it's gonna go on forever, I think. But we want to have people on, and we want to talk about people's stories, maybe help answer some questions of what we did as parents. Yeah, hit us up. Um, I mean, we're we're gonna go through some questions that we found online also, and and try and just break down what we would do as parents. Absolutely, and and just keep it real for you guys. Yeah, if you're a mental health professional, reach out to us too. Um, and you can bring some some valuable insight to the conversation as well. Um, I mean, there's this goes so deep and so wide. Uh, I don't. The last thing I want to do with this is is be too generic and too broad. Okay. I would I would love to stay on the deep end. And you know, if we only get you know three inches out from the shore, but we really unpack things, you know, our mission's accomplished. Yeah. So again, remember, you're listening to the Dadvocacy Podcast about empowering fathers, giving insight into the male perspective. So join us again. Um, we're going to have more. We're going to keep it coming. And if you like us, give us a like. Smash the button. Yep. We love smashing Hit buttons. us up on Instagram. Give us a like and a follow. And uh, be sure to share our story, too, with others. If there's people in your life that think that they need to hear this and, and can get some valuable insight and valuable input in their life um, yep. from this, 
share it. Get it out there. Um, you can follow us on Instagram you, as well as I believe it's going to be on Spotify and iTunes. So you can follow awesome. us on there as well. Um, and eventually, hopefully, the goal is to get this on YouTube too. So yeah, that we'll means you there. actually have to look at us though. So I want to wish you a very happy new year. Thanks for joining us this week. And uh, we will be with you uh, soon. Hey, it's Ryan and Tristan, and thanks for coming back. Yeah, be sure to follow us on Instagram at dadvocacy.podcast. Rate and subscribe to the podcast as well. And make sure you tune in every, uh, I guess, we're weekly or biweekly or whenever we're going to show up. So we're make sure, sure yeah, you can be notified when we come back with a, with a new episode. And make sure and join us. Smash that like button. Literally smash it. 